All right, let's get into our message this morning. Pastor Joel said last week, um, he was reiterating a statement from Annie Durant. She ministered here a few weeks ago, and she said something that just really hit us, and we knew this was our next direction, and it was, we need to get better at being spirits. Kind of a funny statement, but it's so true. We're so immersed in the natural. We live in the natural. Our thinking every day is bombarded with natural thinking. But yet we're not a mind and we're not just our emotions and we're not just what we feel in our physical body. We are first and foremost a spirit. Excellent. No, what's so cool is they're actually doing spirit, soul, and body downstairs this month too, which is so cool. Can you imagine if you knew that when you were like five and six years old? Wow. Incredible. You are first and foremost a spirit. So here we are on this earth where, yeah, we have to be able to interact with this natural world, but we have to be way better at understanding spiritual truths. And if we're honest, I would say the majority of the time we are better at seeing things in the natural than we are at the spiritual. So we actually have to try. We actually have to get better. And what we're going to find out today, we're going to actually have to let God reveal to us how to be better at being spirits. So when you live not aware of spiritual truths, you're living out of sync with who you actually are. And you get frustrated. You don't have to raise your hand, but I imagine some of you would say, yeah, that's me. Have you ever been frustrated in your Christianity or frustrated in your relationship with God or frustrated in reading the Bible, frustrated on I'm believing for finances or I'm believing for breakthrough in this area and I'm not seeing it? Often it's because something is out of sync. We are operating so aware of the natural and not aware of the spiritual. So We're going to pray here because in order for us to get anything we're going to talk about today, in order for us to understand how to be a spirit, we will have to have grace lenses on. Aren't you so thankful God led Pastor Joel to do what, like a a 16 or 17 week series on grace? We were told to get established in grace. And I'm really hoping after 16 weeks, some of us are established in grace. If not, thank God for podcasts and replays, and you can go listen to that over and over. But everyone, can you just grab your grace glasses, stick those on this morning? Not, only half of you are doing it. <laughs> can everyone get your, get your grace glasses, thank you very much, and put them on, and let's pray. Father God, we just ask you, Lord, reveal your word to us this morning through a lens of grace. Help us be hearers through a lens of grace. Lord, remove any blinders that need to be removed. Remove any blockages in our hearing so that we can hear these words through grace. In Jesus' name we ask you, amen. We're getting better at being spirits. Now I'm gonna read to you some statements from Ephesians 1. If you need a little pick-me-up in your relationship with God, if you need a little pick-me-up in what does God say about me, read through Ephesians 1. But I wanna read you some statements starting in verse three. It says that he sees you wrapped into Christ. It says that God chose you to be his very own. It says that he joined us to himself. He set us apart. He views us with unstained innocence. He adopted us. He loves us the same as how he loves Jesus. He purchased our freedom. Now those are seven powerful statements in these short verses. 
But if we truly believed everything I just read, then why aren't we always operating by it? Why aren't we always living these, these truths out? I know why, and I'll just talk about me instead of talking about you, is because if I approach the word of God, or if I approach my identity or who he says I am from a natural standpoint, I won't get it. I'm going to be frustrated. Identity must originate in the spirit. Your identity, where you get your identity from, where you find out what does God say about me, it's got to originate in the spirit. Spiritual things came first. You are seated right now with him in, in heavenly places. That's a spiritual truth. It messes with your natural brain. Why? Because we spend way too much time thinking about the natural. So everything originates in the spirit. And we can do nothing for God. I know so many people have the right heart. I want to do this for you, Lord. I, I desire to reach people in this area. God, I want to do this. But first, we have to find out what he says about us, spiritually speaking. Amen? So we're getting better at being spirits. Now, here's the thing. God knew we needed help. And so this morning, I'm just going to focus on a couple of verses here that show us how the Holy Spirit will help us get it. Can you say get it? Get it. All right. We're going to look first at 1 Corinthians 2, if you want to turn there, in verse 11. We'll do 11 and 12 and then skip to 14. It says, For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God. Here's why. We've been given the Holy Spirit. Here's why. So that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit is here to help us get it, to help us be better at living out spiritual truths in this natural world. If we skip down to verse 14, it says, but the natural self or the unbelieving self is another word. So the natural self, the one that is only looking at, well, this is what my bank account says, or this is what my body says, or this is what happened at work today. The one that is so aware of our physical senses that natural self does not accept the things, the teachings and the revelations of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they're, they're foolishness. They're absurd. They're illogical to them. So again, we're not talking about you. I'll talk about me. There have been times where I have seen something in the Word of God and my natural brain has been like, I don't, I don't, oh, I just don't see that in myself. Do you know, the other day I took four kids to Costco while solo parenting, while Joel was out of town and there was just no food and I had to go. And so before I left, I said to myself, you are patient and you are kind. And I did not feel patient and kind. And it was shorting out my brain. I'm like, but I'm not patient and kind. I wasn't looking at myself from a spiritual standpoint. Spiritually speaking, you've got everything in you that you're ever going to need. When you got born again, that, that's what happened is your spirit changed. Now you've got the same wall-to-wall -wall spirit as God. Now you're, you're sitting there looking at yourself, but like I barely, I, I don't even know a verse in the Bible. Well, that's okay because now the rest of your Christian life, you're getting your mind renewed to what the word of God says. 
But if you're going to look at it naturally, like it says in verse 14, the natural mind isn't going to accept the things you see in the word. You're going to come on Sunday, listen to Pastor Joel preach, watch him jump around up here the whole time and kick his legs and stuff. And you're going to go home and be like, I didn't, I didn't get a word of that. Because the things of God, when you think about them naturally, they're foolishness, they're absurd, they're illogical. And we're incapable of understanding them naturally because they're spiritually discerned and they're spiritually appreciated. So when we look at, um, let me just give you a little analogy. I've got um, actually Julian's iPad up here. So it's an Apple iPad and I have an Apple computer. And so I was easily able to get my notes from my computer to his iPad because it's Apple. But say you gave me your Amazon tablet and I'm trying to get something from there onto here. They're not compatible. They have got a different operating system. Now, when you got born again, you got a whole brand new operating system. So if you're going to live in this world and try and walk out the things that God has put in your heart, there's things and desires you want to do for him, but you're going to try and do it naturally, or you're going to look at yourself and your identity through the natural, you are going to be so frustrated because that is not who you are. You are a spirit. And what's true about you is true spiritually. Another way to put it, like when we're looking at this operating system, is there was an operating system before you got born again, um, and it was under the law, and it was a performance-based operating system. So here we are, we get born again, and we're still trying to earn. We're constantly trying to earn. That is a completely different operating system. A performance-based operating system or a What kind of glasses did you guys put on? Well, half of you put them on. A grace-based operating system. So here we can be in the natural. I'm trying to earn. Yeah, I know that I got got saved by grace. I know I didn't earn my salvation. I didn't go to the cross. But yet you try and live out your Christianity through the natural, through trying to earn, through trying to do better. I'll just come and I'll just participate more in worship this week. And I'm going to give more in the offering this week. And then I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do better this week. That's a completely different operating system. Everyone say performance-based. Christianity doesn't exist. If you're frustrated, you're operating in the wrong operating system. Literally, I haven't actually thought about that till I said it right now. Performance-based Christianity, those are in contradiction to each other. Everything that we receive from God is a gift. Everything that we have from him, our standing with him, it's not something that we earned. You can't have performance-based Christianity. No wonder half the church is frustrated and half the church is just not operating in what they have. Oh, that solves it right there. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians. Um, Let's just go back a couple of verses. Chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye is seen and no ear is heard and no mind is imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And a lot of denominations will stop there. You never know what God's going to do. And and there's another verse. (laughs) I don't understand how you can miss this because the next verse says... But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Or in the Amplified um, Classic, it says, Yet to us God has unveiled and revealed them 
through his spirit. So I want to look at two things. One is that word um, reveal. He's revealed them to you. So this is not stuff that you can, you can learn. You can go to school. You can go to Bible school. But you do not want to approach the word of God just from a mental, natural standpoint. You want to get revelation. You want it to be revealed to you. So that word reveal means to take away or remove something. And it also means a veil, a curtain, or something obstructing a view. So when it says that God has revealed these things to you, he's revealed who you are in him. He's revealed the things he has planned for you. Reveal means that he has taken away the blinders so that you can actually see. Now, how does he do this? Does he do it in the natural? You know what? Before I married Joel, I always said, man, it would be so nice if God would just write me a letter and mail it to me and just have the name of my husband on there. And then I would be like, oh, Joel, okay, great. I'll just tuck this away for later. No, God doesn't do things in the natural. He reveals who you are by and through his spirit. Now, I just want to focus on this for the rest of our time together because I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. There is, there's series upon series we could be teaching here on the Holy Spirit, and we will. But I want us to really, this morning, say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I, I'm sorry. I, I haven't allowed you to reveal as much as I should. I haven't allowed you to speak as much as I should. And so let's make sure, starting right now, hopefully you're already doing it, but if not, starting right now, I want you to really hear these verses and hear how the Holy Spirit operates. So our need for identity and approval and all those kind of things, belonging, everything the world is looking for, it can all be settled by a a revelation of who we are in Christ right? We're going to come up against thoughts you do all day, every day, some more than ever, some more than others, but you come up against thoughts and you come up against situations that are contrary to the word of God, that are completely contrary to who you are in the spirit. I love Kyla's um, vulnerability this morning. I love how authentic she was to say, hey, this is, this is what I was believing, and when words of truth were spoken that grated against that, I said, hey, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm going to stop and take a look at what God actually says and let the Holy Spirit reveal it instead of just sticking with what she was feeling in the natural. So she came up against thoughts and contradictions and feelings contrary to the truth. You and I come up against that all the time. You know, the, the day I did the solo pairing at Costco, I had a major blow up in, um, in my family, in my mothering. And I was like, Lord, is this it? Did I lose my salvation? <laughs> like this, this surely this is it. <laughs> and I called Joel. Oh no, I texted Joel and I said, this is what happened. He's like, that's old news. That's already happened to me with one of those kids. <laughs> That made me feel a little bit better. But there are, there are things const, constantly chirping at us that are contrary. Are you going to be more confident in that chirping? Are you going to be more confident in your shortcomings, in the things that you did wrong, or maybe the things that you said you were going to do right, but you didn't do? Will you be more confident in those? Or another way to say that is, will you have a deeper revelation of your mistakes than what Jesus did for you. You're going to come up against stuff constantly that is contrary to who you are, spiritually speaking, which is the truth. 
You're going to come up up constantly. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to have a fight with your spouse. You're going to make a mistake with your kids. You're going to make a mistake at work. Maybe you're trying so hard. I just want to be this example for Jesus in my work. And you're going to fall short. You're going to make this mistake. Are you going to now shrink back? Are you going to now constantly berate yourself? Are you going to say, well, I guess it's done for me. God can't use me. Do you have more confidence in that mistake or in what Jesus did for you? Now, I have to be honest, you cannot just come to church once in a while or enjoy a worship service once in a while or enjoy a sermon once in a while and have that confidence that God, who God says I am, I believe it. You can't. You need it to be personally revealed to you. It has got to be a personal revelation of who God says you is. Oh. Looking at my sister-in-law, I just have to say, I am a, I'm a grammar person. I cannot stand when Joel on purpose uses bad grammar in his preaching. I can handle it. My toes curl. I'm just like, no. And Megan and I look at each other like, oh, he said it again. I cannot believe the spirit of Joel has come upon me. <laughs> To be honest, it must be something about this platform because have I ever used bad grammar in my life? No. <laughs> now I'm going to be totally aware of, the, aware of the rest of the message. You've got to be more aware of who you are exactly than what, than what your shortcomings are. So let's take a look at the two verses here. First is going to be Galatians chapter 4. If you look at verse 6 and 7, 6 says, and so that we would know for sure that we're his true children. Remember, he wants you to know. He wants to reveal things to you. So we would know for sure that we're his true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, Father, you're our true father. Now you're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're his, we can access everything our father has. I want to go back to verse six. God wanted us to be sure, but that sure has got to originate in the spirit. You cannot be sure that you're a son or a daughter of God and check anything in the natural. You cannot be checking your behavior and find out who you are in Christ. There is no way you will be constantly falling short. Again, different operating system. That is performance-based. We're living under grace. We can't check up on, like at the, you get to the end of the day and you're like, yeah, I did this right, this right, this, oh, this wrong, this wrong. Oh, okay, I'm no longer a child of God. No, we can't check there. We have got to find out spiritually speaking, okay? So God says they're gonna need help. They need to know for sure. God doesn't want us being insecure. You know that? Especially about your standing with him. There are so many times that Joel and I talk about this often. We've got similar personalities in terms of battling the, the performance-based and the grace-based um, Christianity. And there are so many times that we talk about, you know, you show up to just meet with God that day and you're like, hi God, I hope you like me today. I know you have to love me, but I hope you like me today. He doesn't want us to be insecure when we approach him. We're supposed to approach him boldly. Now, how do you come before the throne of grace boldly? You have got to know something. 
You have got to have had it personally revealed in your heart. And so that's why I love verse 6 when it says to us, so that we know we're his true children. He has released a spirit of sonship into your heart. And when you get that revelation, what happens? The rest of the verse, it moves us to cry out, Father, he's my father. Isn't that good? You can't do that. You can't know him intimately without a revelation of it through the spirit. Now let's take a look at um, Romans 8, verse 15 to 17. These verses are so impacting. You can read them up and down and backwards and sideways in every single translation. And I encourage you to do that. I'm going to read it from the passion today. It says, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join with him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father. Verse 16. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved. You are God's beloved. Again, we can't get this with natural comprehension. You cannot find out who you are and and you must know who you are. You have got to know who you are in him. You cannot find that out without having it revealed to you. He sent us not a spirit of slavery or religious duty that always makes you feel like you're not doing it good enough, right? That, that puts fear into us. That is religion to a T, isn't it? You have a fear that you're never quite measuring up. You show up at church and you're like, oh, I just hope that they didn't know what I did yesterday. My mom is here visiting from Vancouver right now, so talk about vulnerability. I remember a Sunday that I showed up. Um, we were going to a new church. The first time we were ever in a church that was spirit-filled. And it was a brand new experience for me, and I, I loved it. And I got completely um, changed and turned on to the Lord in that setting. But at the very beginning of it, I remember showing up one Sunday and had a bottle cap in my tight jeans pocket because I was out drinking the night before. (laughs) It's like, oh, wow. Well, definitely didn't measure up before I walked into the front door. (laughs) But hey, guess what? You have not received a spirit from your father that's like, well, did that wrong, did that wrong. You've received a spirit of full acceptance. Say that with me. Say full acceptance. It is so good. I want to look at verse 16 again. The Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. If we could just um, sum up what I wanted this message to get across in one statement, it's that. It's that the Holy Spirit will make God's fatherhood real to you. How does he do it? It says that he whispers to our spirit or our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Now, if God is going to be whispering something to your spirit, you cannot hear it in this go, 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 go lifestyle that we often are living. You cannot hear whispers from the spirit, especially whispers about who he says you are when you just run into your prayer closet. Okay, God, I need this and I need this and I need this and I need it. Now, okay, bye. We can't 
We can't hear it. He's there. He's so, he's such a gentleman. He's not going to just like, as you're running out of the room, like throwing it at you, like, you're my child. Yeah, have a good day. He wants that intimacy. He wants to grab us and draw us in. That's why, that's why the Bible says some stuff like it does. It doesn't say that he yells to you, you're my child. It says that he whispers. Where does he whisper? You're not going to hear it out here. Where does he whisper? He whispers into your spirit. And I know a lot of you here, and I know there has been that moment in your life when you have heard the whisper, and that's why you responded, and you said, I want to I be saved, or I want to be born again, or I want to become a Christian. You did that. But as you live out your walk with him, let him continue to whisper when you come up against thoughts that are contrary to the truth, when you are struggling with identity or acceptance or belonging or insecurities or fear, when you are struggling with those things, train yourself to stop, to listen, and to say, okay, Holy Spirit, whisper your, who you say I am. Whisper to my spirit. This is something that I am learning myself I realize that we're, my brain is always going, especially since I've um, taken on homeschooling. My brain is always going and I'm having to train myself. This isn't going to happen natural. You will always need to check something out on the internet, whether it be social media or Google something, when you decide to sit down with the Lord. Thank you, Megan, is the only honest person in here. I'm just going to have my devotions. I've got my candle lit and my coffee ready. And Oh, I just need to look that up. I just, oh, I just need to take care of that over there. I just need to go. Javen doesn't look stuff up on the internet. He gardens. So he might be like, oh, I just got to water that plant. There will always be something telling you that it's urgent. It's urgent. It has to be done now. This has to be taken care of, whether it's something in your life or someone trying to get something from you. And you can say, just a second, I need to listen to my father whisper my true identity in him. And we can, church, we can train ourselves to do that. I'm just going to finish up here with a couple of script, um, statements that the Lord told me. He said, for this service, this is for someone the confidence we can have to walk in our identity doesn't come from attending church. It comes from it being personally revealed to your heart. I think I've already said that, but I wanted to make sure that that is for someone here. I love that in verse 16 when it says, His Spirit testifies and confirms together that we're His. This is another one that God said is for someone here. You've allowed lies and you've allowed religion to tell you that what you did or didn't do had enough power to separate you from God and have him break his word and covenant with you. Let me say that again. You've allowed lies or you've allowed religion. You've allowed something to tell you that what you did or what you didn't do, he's either upset with you or he doesn't want to be with you. Do you know what, what you're basically saying when you say that? When you're saying, well, what, what God says about me in the word, it's not true for me. You're saying that either that God's a liar or that what you did had more power than the blood of Jesus. That what you did had more power than what happened on the cross. That what you did is causing God to break his covenant with you. Because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. 
If that is you, you are going to want to get before the Lord and let him whisper truth to you because those are lies, complete lies. Nothing can change your status with God because you didn't earn it. Now, you know, if you earn something, then you can lose it, right? You didn't earn your status, so it cannot be taken away. It said in, in um, verse 15 that we've got the spirit of full acceptance, that means that no fear of judgment or punishment is allowed in there. And again, I would hate to just stand up here and read scriptures about who you are in Christ and, and just read them in a row and say, hey, just get it. Just, just go home and get it. Because we do live on this natural world and we do have a soul, a mind and a will and emotions. But I want to let you know, if you're feeling fear of judgment from God or you're feeling punishment, that's an indication that something's going on in your soul or your heart. And you're going to want to get with the Holy Spirit and let him reveal God's fatherhood to us. You know, this is another statement God said when I was preparing for this message. He said, I speak sonship. God speaks sonship. I know it, there's women in the room. Sonship is the same. It's not a male thing. It's, it's childship. God said, I speak sonship. So I'm not going to relate to you based on your past experience or based on your insecurity. So here we are going to God and, oh Lord, oh Lord, I did this or this, or, or we're begging God, God, I need this, I need this. And he's going to relate to you based on your sonship or your spirit of full acceptance, your position with him. And so I just want to read to you as we close from the prodigal, this example of the prodigal son. Because once a son, always a son. Once you've been given your status as a child of God, there is no way that you can lose that. There is no way that you have, again, you don't have the power to mess up big enough to lose out on your status. Once a son, always a son. If you look at Luke 15, verse 18, it says, this is the prodigal son. You know the story. He's gone off and he's lived his wild living. And then he comes to himself, right? We, so many of us have had that moment. Do you know where that came from? The Holy Spirit. Speaking to your spirit, revealing something to your spirit. And he said, I will set out and go back to my father. Like, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm eating with pigs. But he didn't go marching back in and say, hey, I'm all that, I'm back. No, he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So we can see there, he's repented. He's not just living his old life. He's saying, hey, I'm back. But, but he's coming back with the wrong mentality, right? I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. So he gets up and he goes to his father. Now this verse in verse 20, no, I'm not, I didn't write it down, sorry. You can read it yourself right after, but I wanna read, or I wanna just reiterate to you the Father's response. Again, you've heard so many sermons on this, but when you think about how the Holy Spirit came to reveal God's fatherhood to us, this is the verse for us. Why fatherhood? Jesus said so many times, I came to reveal my fa the Father, right? He could have said, I came to reveal the, the teacher or the great I am. He said, I came to reveal the Father because that is the, the most intimate that, that the Lord can relate to us on. 
That is the first and foremost, the way he wants to relate to us as a father. And so what was the father's response when the son comes and says, I'm, no, I'm not worthy. Can, can I just be a servant in your house? Well, first of all, the, the father completely ignored that statement. It says he was filled with compassion. So he wasn't mad. He was filled with compassion. He ran out to his son, embraced him and said, let's throw a party. Gets this, this whole party going. So he gets celebrating. The father's heart towards us, it's never stay at a distance. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. That's why he's saying, I sent my spirit into your hearts so that when you deal with insecurity, so that when you deal with fear, the Holy Spirit can rise up within you and say, no, you have a spirit of full acceptance. But that part is up to us because the Holy Spirit within us is whispering all the time. He's all the time speaking truth, revealing truth, speaking truth, revealing, revealing, revealing. And it's you and I who can either put a damper on it, not stop to listen, ignore, say, yeah, but it's gonna be up to us. The Father wants to reveal himself to us, not as a dictator, not as a leader, not as, not as the head of an organization or religion. He wants to reveal himself to you, not even as the creator of the world. He wants to reveal himself to you as a father. That is the truth spiritually speaking it does not matter what kind of natural experiences you have had that is the truth and he is a good good father can you stand with me I want to pray over us because I know the Holy Spirit will give you a fresh revelation of the fatherhood of God if you let him you can spend all your earthly life not accepting what the Bible says is true about you. If you want to, you can. And a lot of Christians stop there. So we, we get born again, we, we accept salvation. We're more than interested in salvation. We're like, yeah, one day I'm going to heaven. And then that part in between accepting Jesus and moving to heaven, you live in the natural. What a disappointing life it'll be for you but even more so you do not want to get to heaven and stand before God and say, I rejected your fatherhood. I rejected my God-given identity. I rejected the position that you gave to me. And again, so many of you desire to do things for God and God wants to work in you. He wants to work through you. He wants to work through us as a church. But before we do for God, we must get a revelation of who we are to God. So let's pray. Father, thank you again. Father, you are our Father, and we are so thankful that you didn't leave us as orphans. Not only did you adopt us, you sent Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we would know that we know that we know who we are in you. And so Lord, we ask you, Father, to help us see 
You said that you reveal things. That means that sometimes that a veil needs to be taken away or a blinder or a thought or a stronghold. It needs to be taken away. It needs to be removed. And so I speak that over us now, that whatever thought pattern needs to be removed so that you can see who you are in him. We say, be removed in Jesus' name. And we speak peace and freedom and free-flowing revelation. Free-flowing revelation. We thank you for that now in Jesus' mighty name. You are good. We're so thankful. Thank you, Lord. Amen.